You're listening to another episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome into Small Business Saturdays. My name is Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. Nice day, a little chilly, so uh, hoodie weather today. Hopefully everybody is doing great. I am excited to talk to you guys about 13 Habits to Cultivate, the lucky number 13. So I was born on Friday the 13th, and for some of you might be going right now, ah, now it makes a lot more sense, right? But <laughs> I'm just a little odd sometimes, and that's okay. Yeah, so being born on Friday the 13th, it was about 48 years ago or so, but when I saw a video from my mentor, Jack Canfield, sharing 13 Habits of Wealthy and Successful People, I knew that I had to talk about it, right? <laughs> the universe was calling me because it was 13 Habits. Before we do that, I did want to share with you an exciting new offer uh, that uh, got over at coachosg.com. Let's quickly hear about that. And then we will pop in and talk about the new offer real quick. Um, here's a quick video on that. Hello, small business owners. So are you tired of wasting your money on shiny objects or listening to those gurus tell you how they made their fortune, yet it doesn't seem to work for you? It's time to take your business to the next level. My name's Aaron Montgomery, and we've got some awesome resources. Head over to coachosg.com to check it out. Just need five minutes of quick advice? Use the AME. Are you working on your business plan? Let me utilize my 40 years of experience and help you look for new perspectives. Having a hard time pricing your products? Are you out there on Facebook saying, what should I charge for this? Let me give you some ideas and help you find the right price. Are you tired of being a goal setter and never actually reaching your goals? Well, why don't you become a goal getter? Sign up here and we'll figure out how to set that goal correctly and then hold you accountable. I take a lot of pride in supporting people just like you. I'm incredibly excited to support you, cheer you on, and lead you to your idea of success. All right. Well, I am super excited about uh, this. And uh, so, like I said, I wanted to show you real quick. So I'm going to add this to the stream there. So I've got a new offer out for anybody that's interested. It, it, this is for the end of the year here. It's the success action plan. We're talking about an hour's worth of working together uh, to be able to you know, make those action plans, make that success that you deserve. Um, normally an hour is about $300, um, but we've got a special offer here and this is only going to be available until the end of the month. Um, so we're going to work together and we're going to clarify your reasons and we're going to also then set up how to become a goal getter. And then lastly, we're going to set up all the resources that you need to kind of reignite that self-trust, um, some affirmations and daily habits and metrics to measure and, you know, I want you to be able to believe it until you achieve it. So um, again, you'll leave with a complete action plan. And, and this is something I'm really excited to be able to offer to folks. Um, so if you'll just go over to either consultaaron.com or coachosg.com, you can check that out and um, let me know if you have any questions about any of that. But let's see who we've got checking in this morning here. Uh, excited to uh, see everybody checking in. 
Uh, good morning, Chuck. Uh, good morning, Jerry. And uh, you are, are very welcome, Jerry. Uh, hopefully we were able to get what you needed to do and, um, uh, you know, get you it, the, the videos that you needed <laughs> first and foremost. So let me know if you did get those. Um, all right. And Wendy, good morning. And Wendy, thank you so much. Wow. An hour of Aaron's time. Uh, all to yourself, such a value. Ah, thank you, Wendy. That's really great to hear. And, you know, those of you that are Masters of Success members like Wendy, you understand uh, that you get that already. But, um, you know, so you can step into becoming a Masters of Success member like Wendy. We're, we're setting up uh, the, for 2023 as we speak. And uh, good morning, Tanya. Thanks for tuning in over on LinkedIn. I appreciate that. And uh, we've got Michelle. Good morning to you as well. And Kyleen, my wife, checking in also. Awesome. Okay, you guys. Well, um, let's get into talking about the the 13 habits to cultivate. And and again, this all came again. And and I won't always just show Jack's videos and 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 share them. But obviously, Jack being my mentor, and I really enjoy what I learned from him. And and I really enjoy being able to put that into practice. Right. I almost feel like my job, so to speak, my, what I'd like to do is to really take and translate the ideas that he's sharing because he's sharing them as a, as a kind of an overall, this is how you create success in your life. Right. And, and that's absolutely true and, and absolutely important to us regardless, but I'm also a big believer. I'm a big fan of small business owners and, and what you guys do to just create a better world around you, right? You're, you're doing something good for yourself, your family, and then that starts to ripple out from there. Your community, your region, the other people around you, creating joy, creating success. Um, all that ripple effect just is so important. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, the world of Amazon and all these big businesses and, and all the money and resources being spent and politics and all that crazy stuff, right? The small business owner gets lost in this, right? We have one, one day a year, small business Saturday. And I'm like, that's baloney. We need to have 52 days a year or 50, because I'm going to take a couple of days off. We need to have 50 days a year where we're highlighting small business owners. And so I felt like, gosh, if I can translate some of these things into being how we can relate that to our business, I think I'll be bringing value. So that's what my goal is here today. Let me uh, get this up onto screen so we can start with with that um so we can start with just reviewing this video from jack and um and then we will come back and talk about it and i'm looking forward to hearing from you guys as well so let me get this up on the screen get myself and the banner out of the way and um where's that sorry all right so here we go have you ever wondered what it is that makes a difference between those who are wealthy and those who are not? Well, there are a number of factors, but one of them is their habits. Then I'm going to tell you about some recent research that tells us what some of those habits are. And you may find that some of the habits of the wealthy that I'm about to share with you are things you've already heard about. But the question you have to ask yourself is, am I doing them? And if your answer is no, I want you to start practicing them. Write them into your schedule. Put reminders on your bathroom mirror and your refrigerator door or somewhere else where you're going to see them every day. And these habits will work for you if you put them to work. 
Now, does it require intention and discipline? Yes, of course. If being healthy, wealthy, and wise were easy, we'd all be thin, fit, and rich, and happy. And as you know, that's not the case because it takes making a decision and doing the work. Okay, here goes. Number one, the wealthy eat right. Wealthy people value their health and structure their eating habits accordingly. In doing research for his book, Rich Habits, The Daily Habits of Wealthy Individuals, Thomas Corley found that 57% of wealthy people count calories every day, as opposed to 5% of poor people. He also found that 70% of wealthy people eat fewer than 300 calories of junk food per day, but 97% of poor people do. So that's important. Eat healthy. Now, number two, wealthy people stay in shape and they keep fit. Now, according to research, 76% of wealthy Americans exercise aerobically 30 minutes or more at least four days a week, compared to only 32% of poor people. Now, aerobic exercise includes anything cardio-focused, such as running, jogging, walking, or biking. Number three, wealthy people sleep at least seven hours a night. In his study, Corley found that 89% of the self-made millionaires reported sleeping seven or more hours every night versus 3% of poor people. Now, one of the things that sleep accomplishes among so many other things behind the scenes is memory formation. Hey everyone, Aaron here real quick. Sorry for the brief interruption. If you are getting anything out of Small Business Saturdays, please head over to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash SBS. We're gonna send you some free resources and give you some more information about our success group and how we might be able to help your company even more. Thanks for tuning in. Now back to the podcast. Number four, the wealthy get up early. In his book, The Billionaire Secret, Raphael Badziag found that every one of the 21 billionaires he interviewed got up by 5 a.m. Now other research indicates that nearly half of all self-made millionaires wake up at least three hours before their workday actually begins. In fact, Robin Sharma, who studies highly successful people, even wrote a book called The 5 a.m. Club. Number five, the wealthy set goals. Setting goals is crucial to achieving wealth. Now, the wealthy set specific goals and they write them down where they can see them and review them every day. And wealthy people also choose one primary life goal and focus on it with laser-like precision, even if it seems outrageous or unattainable. This is what I call a breakthrough goal in my book, The Success Principles. Everything the wealthy people do, every decision they make and every action they take is done with this primary objective in mind. You see, intense concentration of this nature is what enables the wealthy to accomplish what others only dream about. Now, at the same time, while 80% of the wealthy focus on accomplishing a single goal, they almost all have multiple sources of income. Now, this has always been true for me with income coming in from royalties from the books I've written, my income from my training company, my income from being part of a network marketing company, and my income from my investments. Number six, the wealthy keep a to-do list. In order to achieve an overarching goal, such as attaining wealth, you need to accomplish a number of smaller goals that feed into the main objective. And for this reason, the majority of wealthy people create daily to-do lists, 81% of them, in fact, compared to only 19% of poor people. And what's more, Research shows that 67% of wealthy folks actually complete 70% or more of their to-do lists every single day. Number seven, the wealthy read every day. Now, reading information that will increase your knowledge about your business or your career will make you more valuable, 
to your colleagues, to your customers, and your clients. And among wealthy people, 88% read 30 minutes or more every day. 63% listen to audiobooks during their commute. 79% read educational career-related material, and 55% read for personal development. 58% read biographies of successful people, and 94% read about current events. 51% read about history, and this is cool. Cool, right? Only 11%, get it, only 11% read purely for entertainment purposes, like novels. Now, in comparison, only one out of 50 people struggling financially engages in this daily self-improvement reading. And as a result, they don't grow professionally and are among the first to be fired or downsized. Number eight, the wealthy avoid watching television. The majority of the wealthy limit their television watching to an hour or less a day. Now, my mentor, W. Clement Stone, who was worth more than $600 million back in the 1970s, called the television the income reduction box. And he told me, when you're watching TV, you're watching other people get rich while you're not. And he told me, if you cut out one hour of television a day, that gives you 365 additional hours a year to read, exercise, create, develop, write, or to be selling. Now, that's the equivalent of nine and a half extra 40-hour work weeks a year. And that's like having a 14-month year. It gives you a huge advantage in life. Number nine. The wealthy hang out with other successful people and they avoid toxic people. You see, the wealthy understand that in order to be successful, you must surround yourself with successful people. Networking with other rich and successful people or people with the drive and potential to become rich and successful is crucial for your own success. You see, about 80% of wealthy people spend at least five hours a month networking, whether it's at a conference, a client event, an online webinar, or just over coffee, while only 16% of poor people network consistently. And this allows the wealthy to align their mindsets with others who have achieved success. Remember Jim Rohn's research that indicated that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So you need to spend more time with successful people if you wanna become successful. Number 10, the wealthy volunteer. To surround themselves with good people, many self-made millionaires turn to charity. You see, volunteering for charitable organizations and civic groups or trade groups help them expand their network of other success-minded people. In fact, one study showed that 72% of millionaires volunteered five hours or more every month. Number 11, they find and check in with mentors. Now, finding a mentor puts you on the fast track to wealth accumulation. Now, mentors do more than simply influence your life in some positive way. They regularly and actively participate in your success by teaching you what to do and what not to do. They share with you valuable life lessons that they learned either from their own mentors or from the school of hard knocks. And the wealthy also help others succeed by being mentors themselves. Helping other success-minded people move forward in achieving their goals and dreams actually helps you succeed as well. See, no one realizes success without a team of other success-minded people. And the best way to create your team is to offer to help other success-minded people first. You don't want to give help to anyone and everyone, but focus on those who are pursuing success, are optimistic, they're goal-oriented, positive, and uplifting. Number 12, the wealthy seek feedback. Most people do not seek feedback because of their fear of criticism, but feedback is essential to learning what is working and what isn't working. Feedback helps you understand if you're on the right track. Feedback, whether it's good or bad, is a crucial element for learning and growth. And it lets you know if you're on course or off course, so you can correct. And number 13, the wealthy never give up. Self-made millionaires are persistent. They never quit on their dream. They would rather go down with the ship than quit. 
And almost 25% of all millionaires have failed at least once in their business. And then they pick themselves right back up. So those are 13 habits of successful people, wealthy people that you want to apply to your life. Now, if you found this video helpful, please make sure to like it, share it with a friend who may need it and subscribe. to. Me. Okay. So there we go. That is uh, Jack's 13 steps of, of wealthy people backed up by uh, some research that uh, he, he brought in there. So um, I am excited to chat with you guys about this and just uh, uh, really kind of dig into this list. Right. And, and I, I don't know about you guys, but as I was listening to this, right, as I was taking it in. Right. There were some moments where I was like, oof, yeah, that's that's true. Gosh, I need to, you know. Right. So success is a journey. Success is a path. Success is a way that we can grow together. And, and, and he talks about a lot of these things that I'm like, wow, this is so, so cool. So let's, let's go through that list again. Um, and, and let's, let's talk about it, right? Let's dig in a little bit deeper. So the first thing on the list was number one was eat healthy. Um, I will be the first to admit that eating healthy is not my strength, right? I, I didn't grow up, um, with a habit of eating healthy. Um, you know, we always had soda in the house and, and, uh, you know, very meat and potatoes. Uh, I avoided veggies, right? I, I came from an era, I think Gen X probably <laughs> avoided veggies more than any, uh, any group, right? And my, my young son, he's actually enjoys vegetables. We'll, we'll eat spinach and salad and, uh, likes all that kind of stuff. And so, um, but eating healthy, right? So what does that mean for you? And I think one of the reasons why it's so important for us is I know when I eat better, right? When I, when I avoid sugars more and, and, and eat a little bit more healthy, my body feels better. And then when my body feels better, I have more energy. And when I have more energy, I get more things done and I, I, I just get more into a positive space, right? So eating healthy is a challenge for a lot of folks. And, and I am at the top of that list. Um, and one of the challenges is you can just say, oh, I'm going to eat healthier. It, it doesn't work, right? The, these are habits that we've picked up. I've been spending a lot of time really digging into brain science and research and, and understanding how, how our subconscious affects us. And um, so just kind of going sheer willpower just isn't going to work. So you've got to find some strategies to be able to eat healthier, right? Um, whether that's, you know, working with your partner to, uh, to have better meals, whether that's, you know, uh, trying to carve out some time to um, prepare meals. A lot of times we just don't eat healthy because um, because we, we don't have it available to us, right? We're busy, so we drop into the McDonald's and we get a greasy, terrible cheeseburger and a fries and um, and then, you know, we think, oh, well, I'm gonna have a diet soda, right? And diet soda is probably even worse than regular soda because of the aspartame in it. And, you know, we could go into that for a long time. <laughs> Kylie and I had that battle for, for a while. Um, and, and so, yeah, just starting with eating healthy. So what strategies, right? So one of the big things that I'm trying to do for me is just keep it out of the house. And I know that's hard because, you know, Kyleen is a baker <laughs> through and through, and she's a fantastic baker. And, and <laughs> every time she bakes something, I just will eat it. So whenever we have junk in the house, I eat it. I, I just 
have not been able to figure out how to, if it's around, not eat it. So I got to come up with a strategy or, or we're going to have to work together. Um, and, and, um, so yeah, it, Facebook user says, especially after coming back from the job, right? Yeah. Again, you're worn out, you're tired, you pull into the McDonald's, you, you, you know, you, you get the junk food in the junk food drawer. What if we didn't have the junk food drawer, right? What, what if we knew that we had a healthy meal at home waiting for us and we could drive right by the McDonald's, right? So those are just some strategies that I, I thought of. Um, and Wendy says this, she says, listening to this list makes me think that um, wealthy success is more than money. I, I would, man, that's such a great point, Wendy. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I truly believe that, yeah, it, one of the reasons why Todd and I really focused the our success group mission to be your idea of success is because success, wealth, it, it isn't necessarily money, right? Money is just a measuring stick, is just a way to to help us understand are we are we doing things that are helpful? But man, you know, I think people that are very successful give a lot back, and 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 their metric for measuring what success is has very little to do with the money and a lot more to do with impact with, you know, things like that. So um, such a great point, Wendy. Thank you for bringing that up. And Chuck says, you got that hundred percent right. Awesome. I love that. Okay. All right. So that that's number one, eating healthy. Number two is keeping fit, right? And it fits right in with the eating healthy, the keeping fit. Um, again, not a great area of mine. I, I try to be active. Um, we're trying to, to stay a little bit more fit. I, I know I need to lose another 30 pounds, um, but it's it's heading in the right direction, right? Kylene and I picked up uh, doing fasting, which has been really useful, but um, I've got to get better with that. And um, I'd like to try a little bit longer fast every once in a while, just to kind of cleanse. And if you've not looked up fasting, I think it's a great tool that we can use personally to to help us. You know, I, I'm not saying it's for everybody. So, you know, don't just go, oh, well, Aaron said to fast, so I'm going to go fast, right? No, figure out if it's right for you. But honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was, and it, it's really not. So the way it works for us is we have a 16-hour-a-day fast, meaning we stop eating at a certain point, and then we don't start eating. And, and really what's happening is we're kind of skipping breakfast, so to speak. Um, and and at first it was a little bit harder. Yeah, for sure. You know, you were a little bit hungry, but after a little bit, it wasn't that hard. And, and the thing I thought was going to happen is I would be so starving by the time it was time to eat again, that I would just eat a bazillion things and just, and, and, and it, you know, kind of <laughs> overeat, but that wasn't the case. Right. What, what I, what I discovered is I wasn't actually hungry. I was thirsty. I wasn't hydrated enough, right? And so when I get hungry before it's time to start eating again, um, I would uh, go for the water. You grab a tea. You can have black coffee, right? Whatever it is is for you. You're just avoiding the calories. And and what this does is it allows our body time to heal itself. And again, going back to the eating healthy and how that fits into success and, and even our business, right? When we're feeling healthier, when we're getting fit, we have more energy. When we have more energy, we have more focus. When we have more focus, we get more things done. When we get more things done, we do better for the community, for our world, for our business, right? All those things. So whatever it is, keep fit. Now, I need to add more exercise in. I, I do play volleyball once a week at least, and, and, and I've been coaching volleyball um, in the holiday season. I've been down here, which is I'm at a standing desk, so I'm, I'm moving a lot more, right? So 
what are some strategies? I, you know, maybe I can get back to, to going out for some walks and things like that. But what are you guys doing to help yourself keep fit? Right. And, and fitness can mean a lot of different things. Right. I, I think one of the problems that that I know I've had and I believe that other people experience is what they think fit is, is we see this picture in our mind of this ripped person with six pack abs. And, um, you know, we're like, we can never get to that. Right. I, I know that I'm never going to be that person. It's just not my body style or type. And, and I don't really want to, right. Um, athletic is a term that the, the Facebook user here shared. Right. Um, and, and, and some of that stuff. And, and I've got your comment, Chuck, I'll get back to that in a second. But, um, so, so, what keeping fit is though can be super different for everybody, right? It's just keeping our bodies moving. Um, for example, you know, yoga, Kylene does some chair yoga and that movement right there, right? She was able to do some in-person yoga with some folks at a, um, at, at our, our chiropractor's office and, and just that movement, right? 40 minutes of just movement is fit, right? So just getting your body to a place where you feel right for you, not what you think you should look like based on magazines or some other thing that's just really not important, right? It, 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 great to get to that point, but that was for them. That was for that person. Right. And if they can give you strategies and tips to help you get to your idea of fit again, it's back to our idea of success and wealth and what's what's important to us. The same thing with fit. All right. So that's number two, keeping fit. Um, <laughs> Wendy's doing some fitness right now by uh, switching phones so she can exercise and shovel. Um, yeah, she saw some of the pictures of of Wendy's uh, snow drifts and all the snow that they're getting up there. Um, she said that her drifts actually have drifts. There's so much snow. So, um, and then Chuck mentioned earlier, wealth is what you, uh, perceive, um, is, is what I'm, I'm taking from that Chuck. Yeah. And I, I agree with that completely. Right. Um, you can be wealthy in a lot of different ways. Okay. So that was number two. Um, I, I don't want to be here all morning for you guys. I want you guys to get back into your Saturday here. Number three, sleep well. And, uh, Gosh, when I heard this, I was like, oh man, that he's just talking to me, talking directly to me. Sleep has not been a, a great thing for me. Shutting my brain off at night is not always easy for me. And then, you know, getting up early and trying to get, kind of get moving and, and all this other stuff. So over this last month, I've been terrible at sleep and I feel it, right? I'm not getting as much done. I'm not getting the focus that I need to do. Um, and, and so sleep really matters, right? was able to get some sleep last night, but not nearly as enough. And um, we've got an event tonight and then I've got to be up early to coach on Sunday. So right, got, got to figure out how to better schedule that, right? And so getting to bed earlier um, and, and doing some of that. So sleeping well can be really important. And again, how does this tie back into business? I think these first three or four tips really here tie back so much in the fact that when you feel better, you have more energy. When you have more energy, you're able to get more done. When you're able to get more done, you're able to focus more. When you're able to focus more, you're getting the right things done. And, and it just all builds on top of each other. Right. So number three is sleep well. So I don't know who else is in this need more sleep club, but uh, let's, let's raise our hands and let's make a commitment to do a better job of that together. All right. So 
metaphorically, or you can type in the chat there if you're going to make a commitment to uh, to get more sleep and then what that might mean for you. And if you have strategies for that, I'm I'm all ears because um, I, I'm, I've, again, not been great at that. I just need to make that commitment, though, I think, and, and make it a habit. So um, let's do that. All right. And so that's number three was sleeping well. Number four is getting up earlier. And this is a hard one, right? For especially for for people like me, um, and I imagine some of you guys are like me, uh, night owls, um, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. I have always, since I was a kid, um, been more active in the evening. I, I think my son's got that night owl bug for me because by about eight or nine o'clock, he is like on fire running around. The more tired he gets, the more active he gets, and and I get the same way. Um, and, and I think there's a lot to be said, right? And, and maybe it's not the five o'clock club, right? I think we do need to listen to our bodies a little bit and understand when our ideal time is, right? So, so they get up, a lot of people will get up at five because, you know, it's the calm before the storm, they can get focused and, you know, before all of the, the daily things are hitting them. Um, and um, so understanding what that, that is for you and where that fits, I think is somewhat important, but I think if we can figure out a way to get up earlier than we're used to, right. And again, it doesn't have to be the five o'clock club necessarily, but if we can still sleep well, but then get up earlier, just think what that kind of adds to your day. Right. And, and I know for me, uh, it's normally, I add it to the end of my day, but if I can switch that a little bit, I know every day that I'm up early enough, right. So um, one of my responsibilities at home is to make sure that our son is up and, and moving in the morning. And so I need to get him started at 7 a.m. And a lot of times I get up at 7 a.m. too, and we kind of go together. And then I kind of am rushing and, and am behind. But if I get myself up at 6 or 6.30, then I've got that hour to 30 minutes to plan my day out, go through my gratitude, check in with my mastermind group, you know, all these things that really help me get my day started in a positive way, make sure that I've got what's on the schedule today. What am I going to do when, right? All, all those things. So if getting up earlier is something you can do, um, I think it can be really important. Um, Michelle says, uh, I, oops, let's get that on there. It says, what is, okay, there we go. I've been sleeping eight plus hours and I'm still tired. Okay. So maybe checking in on, on what that might be, right? Maybe that's, um, you know, some of the other, other areas that we talked about, uh, the, the number one and number two, uh, the eating habits and, and, and uh, maybe a little more fitness. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that's what it is, but a lot of times the tiredness is a sign of something going on, right? And, and so getting our arms around that from a, how we feed our bodies to how, you know, we energize ourselves, um, you know, doing things. There, there's lots of different strategies, some, some mindset. Maybe it's um, just got to quiet your mind a little bit, have some meditation. Um, Michelle, I know you've done some yoga and things like that. So um, maybe find some other things too. But, and, and a lot of times, you know, the eight plus hours, the other thing to check out, um, I use an app called Sleep Cycle. And like, for example, I will just pull up uh, last night's sleep because I did get more sleep than normal, but I know it wasn't the greatest of sleep. If I can, there it is. Um, so I was in bed for eight hours and six minutes, 
but I was actually only asleep for six hours and 45 minutes. And so my sleep quality was about 87%, right? So I'll see if I can pop that up there, right? So that's called sleep cycle. Uh, it's a little, cause I'm, it's hard to, hard to see, but um, yeah. So maybe checking something like that out to help you understand where you're getting better sleep, um, you know, dark, comfortable, quiet, right? There's much you can do to kind of make your sleep space, your sleep space. Uh, I know people struggle with the sleep that, um, do other things in, in their, their bed, like work or, or, um, you know, just, just whatnot. You're kind of making, making your bedroom, your sanctuary. Um, I've known people that have struggled with sleeping so much that, um, their, their technique was they had to, they removed the TV from their room, um, you know, got blockout curtains, all that kind of stuff, and and um, created a more peaceful environment. So anyhow, just some quick ideas there, Michelle. Um, not not uh, just hoping that that's helpful. And and again, I'm suggesting these things because I really need these things for myself as well. So we're in this together. So we're gonna we're gonna do this together. All right. Um, all right. So getting up earlier. Now, so that's kind of like in a way, you know, just preparing to me, right? That, that's preparing ourselves for success. Number five here is setting goals. And setting goals is such an interesting concept. For, for those of you listening on the live version, the podcast version folks might be getting this after the new year, but the live version folks, you guys, um, we're coming up to the end of the year here and we make a lot of maybe, you know, uh, new year's resolutions, right. We set some goals and then by February, January, you know, it's kind of over. Right. So setting goals is really important to understand what that means. Like setting a goal is all about creating the path to success, understanding what success is first and foremost. And this is where it gets to be a little tricky because you have to go deeper than we normally go, right. Our, our world is created in instant gratification, what have you done for me now? Immediate surface level, social media, right on the top. I need the magic bullet, all of those things, right? <laughs> I think I described that pretty well. Um, but the reality is success is so deep. Success is individualized. There is no magic bullet. There are strategies that we can follow. And there's, but ultimately we have to implement strategies that are going to work for us, right? And And so, setting goals becomes a lot more than just, okay, I want to make a million dollars. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars, right? Setting goals is about being a goal getter, not a goal setter. And, and that's actually one of the tools inside of uh, consultaaron.com or uh, coachosg.com. Both take you the same place, right? But being a goal getter is about setting a very clear goal. It's got to have how much and by when, and then also setting up milestones and setting up strategies to, believe it, right? We, we have to believe it before we'll see it. Now, conventional wisdom is always, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. But true success is you have to believe it before you'll see it, right? And some people have twisted that into fake it till you make it, but it's believe it to achieve it, right? And, and so setting goals and setting goals in such a way that you can believe that by setting milestones and, and setting them and, and getting them. And then um, number six, as Jack talked about, is, is having a to-do list, having a process and a strategy and a system for getting the right things done at the right time. You know, success is a lot about doing what you say you're going to do, right? Showing up, being on time, all, all things like that. 
I'm not always perfect at that either, right? And so these are strategies we have to keep developing and building. But I know that since I was in my early 20s, I've always been very interested in organization and, and processes and systems and planners, right? I, I got uh, real heavily involved, the seven habits of highly effective people, right? And that strategy. And, and so figuring out what, what it is for you to keep a to-do list. And it's not just having a list, right? We all have long lists, but how is it that you manage that and make sure that we, we've got things done that are correct in the right time? Right, you have to have a, a full system. So happy to talk to people about more about that if you want to talk more about that. So that was number six, keeping a to-do list and then having a strategy for actually getting things done from the to-do list and not just adding to it all the time. Hi, I'm Kyleen, and you're listening to an episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the Small Business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com there are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. Number seven, reading daily. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about actual reading, right? One of the, uh, one of the ways techniques for, for getting better sleep is actually to physically read a book before you go to bed. Um, and, 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 uh, that could be, you know, any kind of book, right? He talked about the different types of books and things like that. But I think just reading for enjoyment is, is certainly okay. But I also think that if you talk about reading daily, you know, we could we could add to that, right? Um, we could say maybe it's listening to a podcast, maybe it's listening to an audio book. It's 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 really about making sure that there's a daily improvement going on. But here's the rub of it, and I think here's what's really important for business owners is I know we do a lot of consuming, right? I, man, I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, I do these live videos. I know you guys tune in and I appreciate that very much. But the reality is, as you know, I've talked about this a lot. It doesn't do any good. None of this stuff does any good until we start implementing it, right? So I would say for number seven, reading daily, but reading daily and then setting up a plan to implement what you learned. And so meaning don't take on huge, big chunks. We can't change everything all at once because then it becomes overwhelming. So what, what's something like, I had a goal a couple of years ago that I was going to read like, I think eight or 16 books because I've not been a voracious reader actually throughout my life, which is interesting. I've always been a voracious learner, but book reading was never my thing. Um, and, and so when, when we talk about, but then what I discovered is I'm reading all these books and they're all great and I'm doing none of it. Right. So I changed my strategy to say, I'm going to implement two books into my life per year. Right. And, and, and I've been able to do that. I, I feel like I'm living the success principles a lot deeper. That was one of them. And um, I can't even remember what the second book was, the first book that I, I dove into. Um, there were a couple of them that I had on my list. So anyhow, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but, but able to implement those strategies. Um, ah, I know the second book was, it's about, it's called inner size. Um, it's this brain, um, brain science stuff and, and figure out how to better be partners with our, with our subconscious. So yeah, I've been able to implement a lot of those strategies. So, all right. So that's number seven, reading daily. Number eight, avoiding television. I, I I know this is a hard one. I know that, you know, just sitting down in front of the, <laughs> and I, I liked what uh, W. Clement Stone said about the television, the income reducing box. 
I, I get it, right? I am, I am just as guilty you know, when I'm exhausted, just sit down and mind numb. And, and it, it can be a little recharging at times, but when it becomes too much, right? When you've binged, when you've, um, you know, you know everything about some fictional world, but yet have no control over your own world or, or not creating what you want in your world, right? I think that's a sign that we need to maybe avoid television a little bit. So um, love to hear your guys' thoughts on that, right? And and again, I'm not, he never said cut it out, but reduce it down as much as you can. I, I'm, I'm okay not knowing the latest Netflix thing and being able to have that conversation. Because if those are the conversations that I'm having with the people I'm surrounding myself with, I need to surround myself with different people that have different interests, right? We want to talk about something a little bit deeper. We want to talk about what's going on in their world. How, how are they creating the life that they want? Not about some you know, uh, what, what was the one that we got into there for a little bit, um, with the lion tamer guy, <laughs> whatever that was tiger King. Right. So it's, it's fine, but you know, I watched the one episode, I got the gist of it and yay. And, and we moved on. So avoiding television, I think that's really uh, a good one for sure. Uh, number nine networking and networking can be a lot of different things. It could be out in person. Um, but it really, I think, boils down to surrounding yourself with other people that are interested in moving forward, right? Or is interested in creating success, getting away from the people that are constantly making excuses, blaming, complaining, the excessive commiserating, all of that stuff, right? That doesn't do us any good. We need to network with people that are like-minded that want to lift each other up to success. Masterminding is a great way to do this. Our Masters of Success group, um, Wendy is here with us. I, I believe she's shoveling snow right now. Wendy is one of our Masters of Success members. Um, I think Sandy's here. She's one of our Masters of Success members. That networking, that opportunity to just learn from each other and to know that when I'm in a pinch, I've got people I can rely on, I can trust to to have that, to have my back, so to speak, right? So, so that's what networking is all about, just growing and and um, the, as the saying goes, as the story goes, um, we are the accumulation of the five people we spend the most time with. And I have made, you know, I, one of the things that I do as part of my process is I make a list of all the people that I spend the most time with. And <laughs> whether you like it or not, I'm sorry, if, you, if you're on this list, you get graded, right? Are, are you somebody that's working on success and working on improving yourself? Or are you somebody that likes to blame, complain, and be miserable, right? And and you get graded. And I'm, it sounds a little bit awful, I guess, now that I'm saying it out loud, but it's okay. And and I'm not saying that the people that you know kind of get the minus sign by their name that I'm just cutting them out, but I'm focusing on making sure that I spend more time or I'm creating more people that want to kind of move in the upward direction. So. Um, you know, hey, a lot of times this could be family or, or, or close friends, and that's okay. I'm not saying that it's um, that you need to cut them out completely. I'm just saying, who are you focused on? Who are you in, investing your time in? So that's that's what networking is all about. Um, <laughs> Sandy says, I'm working on moving off the complainer list. Sandy, you did not get a negative by your name. You're you're okay. <laughs> and uh, Facebook user says it's fair. Yeah, I, 
and and again, it's it's nothing bad. It's nothing. Everybody's in at their own place, right? And everybody needs what they need in the, that moment. I, I just am at a place in my life right now that I need the positive people around me. I need those people that are going to lift me up. I need people that are willing to reach back, put their hand down, and say, "Hey, come on up, Aaron. It's nice up here, right?" And and in turn, that allows me to go, "Okay, cool. Now I can reach my hand back and say, "Hey, come on up. It's nice up here, right?" Oh. Yeah, let's both get here. Wow, I almost knocked over the microphone. That was fun. <laughs> here, let me lift you up and tell me what it looks like up there. Let's let's do that together, right? And then we can both pull each other up. And and so I, I appreciate you sharing that. It's fair. I, I um, makes me feel better. <laughs> All right, number ten is volunteering. Um, this is an area that I definitely need to work on more. Where, where can we help more? Um, I know when I have done more volunteering. I've always felt so powerful and useful and capable and, and it grows my energy and power. Plus again, other people that are volunteering are people you want to be around, right. And stuff like that. So um, I think that's a fantastic point. And, and so how do we, how do we set more of that up? I love it. Number 11 is finding a mentor. And I love that Jack talked about the fact that, you know, he didn't really say it this way, but the way I look at it is success is a team sport. I, I truly believe, and that's why you, you need a coach, you know, you need somebody, a mentor, right? And, and that's what a mentor should be is a, is a coach because a coach is a very specific thing. I, you know, I think a lot of us equate coaches to athletics, which is totally understandable. And, and I certainly do the same. Um, you know, I've been a volleyball coach for a long time and it's one of the things that I do that I'm most proud of. Um, and, and what me being a coach to me is, is somebody that's, you know, being a coach is not being a friend necessarily, right? I don't want you to, I, I, as a, as a coach, the kids that I coach in volleyball, for example, I want them to respect me. I want them to feel comfortable coming to me. I want them to, um, but I don't need them to like me all the time, right? I, I need somebody that's, you know, when I'm looking for a coach or, or I know that for these kids, sometimes I got to push them a little bit. Sometimes I got to hold them accountable to what they need in their, in their growth as a volleyball player in that particular instance. Right. And so that, that growth comes from having a coach, having somebody that's there. So what a coach does is coach is somebody that's going to give you some pointers, but they're also going to help you set up how you can get better. And they're also going to be there to, you know, pick you up when, when you've gotten knocked down and say, Hey, you're okay. You got this. Let's do this. I'm here for you. I've got your back right? That kind of thing. So finding a mentor, finding somebody that's willing to help, right? Uh, one of the things I have on my um, bucket list, my 101 goals list is, is to become somebody that people look to as a mentor, right? And, and I hope that I'm doing that, but I know I've got room to grow and room to improve. So finding a mentor for me, you know, Jack Canfield is somebody I look to as a mentor. Um, I have other people in my life that I look to as mentors. My, my dad has been my mentor. My mom has been my mentor. So mentors can come in a lot of shapes and sizes, but specifically setting up a mentor relationship, I think can be very important for people. So number 11 was finding a mentor. Number 12, seeking feedback. And as Jack talked about, feedback is hard. <laughs> right? We're, we're asking somebody to maybe tell us something we don't want to hear. Did you like this? No, Aaron, that sucked. Or, you know, that could be feedback. I hope that the feedback doesn't come that way. I hope it can be more constructive, 
But even constructive feedback feels like that. No, Aaron, it sucked, right? It feels like that. But what they're probably saying is, hey, you could have done this better. I didn't like this. Show up, right? Um, so, and, and the other thing is feedback can come in a lot of shapes and sizes. Your business is not successful. That's feedback that you need to change things, right? Business is going well. That's feedback that you need to keep doing those things, right? You need to be listening and looking for that feedback. So seeking feedback always is so important. And what we do, though, the way that we shut off feedback is that when we get feedback, we become defensive. We immediately want to be defensive. And, and I know I do this. I, I want to defend myself. I have got good reasons for that particular thing. But the reality is when you get feedback, the way that you can get more feedback is to say, thank you. I appreciate the feedback and leave it at that. Right. So when you get feedback, thank you. I appreciate the feedback. And then don't be defensive about it. Right. You can have the conversation with them and say, hey, I really appreciate the feedback. Can we talk about it? I'd like to learn a little bit more. I'd like to go a little bit deeper, you know, because I'd like to be able to explain and then hear, you know, where, where that's not working. Right. And, and maybe you'll understand more. But what happens is we get the feedback and then we immediately go into defensive. I've got to explain. And so taking that moment to say, thank you. I appreciate the feedback. Period. Pause. Can we talk about it a little bit more? Can we get a little deeper understanding together on this particular bit of feedback that you're sharing with me? Right? So that's number 12. And then number 13, last but not least, is to never give up, is to be persistent. I think my story of persistence is something that I hope is inspiring for folks. Um, for those of you that, that aren't super familiar with me, um, maybe you're just tuning in the podcast or, or maybe you're, you're new to the Small Business Saturdays here. But one of the other things that I do is a program called Two Regular Guys. And um, I would say we've been pretty persistent, right? It's very successful in, in our idea of success, right? We wanted to be able to reach people. We wanted to be able to share. We wanted to be able to have like a connection point for the industry and be that voice for the industry and kind of give back to the industry that's been so good to us. And, and with myself and my co-host, Terry Combs, and now also um, very actively involved, our producer, Eric Campbell. Um, and I'd say, you know, we've, we've kind of reached a, a level of success that I'm really proud of. And it had nothing to do with me being good at podcasting, with Terry and I being good at any of these things. You know, it's certainly the help from Eric has been great. But at the end of the day, none of that's really mattered. What's mattered is we've been perseverant, right? We're coming up on 500 episodes where we're getting ready to wrap up our 10th season and and we've been persistent at it even when there's been times where we're like gosh should we keep doing this what what's really the point right we've kept going so keep going never give up right? if if you get to a point where you feel like you're ready to give up really think about that how, how does that work for you right what 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 is that going to do what and maybe when you're shutting something down or you're closing or you're, you're stopping and that's okay. That's not necessarily giving up, but don't give up on going after what your idea of success is, right? Maybe you've got to change things. And so maybe that takes starting over or maybe that takes kind of regrouping and that's okay. That's not, that's not giving up. And I think that's where people get themselves in, into trouble a little bit is they feel like they, that if you quit something or you stop doing something that that's giving up and that's not giving up. Giving up is saying, 
it, I am where I am. This is where I'm going to be. I'm never going to move forward. Right. And, and that's not the case, no matter what age you're at, no matter what your, your current situation is, you always have the option to grow, to learn, to become better, right? We can control our responses to everything. And as long as we can control our responses to everything, then we will always be able to change our outcomes. It's just going to take some work. It's just going to take some consistency. It's going to take never giving up. So understanding what giving up means is really important. Um, I cannot remember the name of the book off the top of my head, but it's on my list. I haven't read it yet, but I listened to a podcast and the lady's name is Annie Duke. And people might know Annie Duke because she was a, a pretty successful poker player and was on a lot of TV shows and was one of the early, um, there wasn't a whole lot of women in poker playing when she was involved that at least were on television a lot. And so she kind of carried the flag as the successful women's poker player. Well, she's since become an author and, and, um, and I can't remember the name of the book, but it's her most recent book is about knowing when to quit, right? Or kind of knowing when to fold <laughs> your hand coming from her poker background and stuff like that. And I listened to a podcast where she talked about this and it was such an incredible story about understanding that, right? So it's about never giving up, but it's not about never stopping anything. So make sure you make a differentiation between those two. Just don't give up on saying, hey, I can do better. I can be better. I can grow for the entirety of your life. You will always be able to do that again, no matter how, what your age is, no matter what your situation is or anything that will never change. I, I will argue that till the day I die, that we can, we can always, always, always do something um, about our circumstances. And it may not be easy, but we can always do that. Right. So never give up. All right, so those are the 13. I'm just going to read through them one more time so you got the list, and then we're going to close it out for the day. Um, and if you guys have any other comments, questions, things you want to talk about, um, I'm happy to do that before we leave. But uh, other than that, and then I'll share this list one more time. Number one, eating healthy. Number two, keeping fit. Number three, sleeping well. Number four, getting up earlier. Number five, setting goals. Number six, keeping a to-do list. Number seven, reading daily. Number eight, avoiding television. Number nine, networking. 10, volunteering. 11, finding a mentor. 12, seeking feedback. 13, never give up. So there are the 13 habits. That's what we've got for you today. I want to know what you guys want to talk about here on Small Business Saturdays. I hit a lot of mindset stuff and I'm going to keep doing that until you tell me otherwise. Tell me what you want to talk about. Tell me what you need to learn about. Tell me what can help your small business. And that's what we'll do here on Small Business Saturdays. That You guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.